there are 11 federally recognized holidays in the United States. These holidays, which include Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Independence Day, not only offer paid time off to the average American worker, but have also been an ample source of material for movies that take place on or around them. Other holidays like Halloween, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, and even Black Friday tout their own lists of inspired films. One of the oddest American holidays, falling on February 2nd, during which a large rodent predicts the weather based on whether or not it sees its shadow, has a particular place in the movie Pantheon. It's the setting of one of the 90s funniest, most touching, and most intricate films. We're the two gomers, we're talking Groundhog Day, and you're listening to Perfect Movie. Welcome, everybody, to Perfect Movie, a podcast hosted by two regular guys who went from couch to marathon, and now they're making their way back to the couch again. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, joined as always by my friend Stephen, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Happy Groundhog Day! Welcome, everybody, to Perfect Movie, a podcast Come on. hosted... <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good gag. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Shut to up. Perfect movie. <laughs> no, Sorry. Okay, I, I mean, here's one of the reasons why I can't wait to talk about this movie, because yeah, that is so annoying what you're doing right there, saying the same uh-huh. things over and over again. Why isn't this movie the most annoying movie ever made? You dude, you are so right. Yeah. Like there are, there are only a few moments where I'm like, like I get, I've seen it so many times that I'm like, okay, I need to sit through this scene one more time. Yep. I know the feeling. Just like, and more it's thinking about the actors and the crew and the mm-hmm. director. Like, how on earth? Because I'm sure they do this many takes normally. Right. Right. But it's like, you're like, like the drink scene when you're like, oh man, that one was like 30 seconds long and they have to do that whole thing again. Yeah. You know, like sweet vermouth rocks uh, with a twist, you know? I hadn't thought about the fact that that's what the cast and crew goes through anyway. Mm, You're just seeing it all on the screen, right? Right. Like a million takes. They're probably doing a million takes anyway. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. We're getting ahead of ourselves. (laughs) Here. So I got something I got to say. Okay. So, dude, today, like, so it's 1.53 p.m. So that means it's 11.53 p.m. where you are. Right. As the crow flies, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, median, what is it called? Greenwich Mean Time. Uh-huh. Um, and, dude, I'm just having a stinking awesome day. Oh, great. Like, taught three students. Uh-huh. Uh, it is gray skies and cold here in Atlanta. Which you love. Love it. I'm about to record. I am recording mm-hmm. about one of my favorite movies of all time with my best friend of all time. Right. And this I would put, okay, so our family has this thing. So I've been dying to talk about this for years. Okay. Which is, you can rate a day on a Groundhog Day scale. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay. okay. So like, right now, this is like a Groundhog Day level five at least. Okay. Like, so y- the scale is, would this day be one that I would want to repeat 100,000 yes. times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's great. Can you so can the thing you is, think of most, a day 
Can you think of a day yeah. that you'd want to repeat that right. many times? Right. So he he talks about this in the movie, right? He's right. like like he was in like Hawaii or something. He ate lobster. You know, mm-hmm. he was with a beautiful woman. Yes. <laughs> you right. know, like why couldn't that be the day that I relived over and over again? Yeah. Um Yeah, so there's definitely those days, but Okay, so that's what Aaron and I've been talking about, and I can't mm-hmm. wait to talk with you about. Is most days are like a two mm-hmm. or a three, yeah. like that's what real life is. Yeah, and so that's why this movie, that's why it's so great that it was just a regular day, right? I, I mean, it is a holiday. He did have an assignment, but actually, he didn't have anything to do that day. After his like morning assignment, you know, right. so it's he had like to work in the morning and then he had to drive home. That was his day, mm-hmm. which is mostly what days are. You work. Yep. And then you drive home. Yep. <laughs> it's it's the grind. Like the day is the grind. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Here's a question I have uh, okay. coming out of the gate. We've done horror. Right. Yep. We've done sci-fi. Right. We've done rom-com. We've done mm-hmm. courtroom drama. We've done Christmas movies. What the yep. heck genre is this movie? Wow. Okay. So everybody says this is a comedy. And it was in comedy when I worked at Blockbuster. Okay. Yep. I mean, where else are you going to put it? Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, okay. Self-help? No. Um, <laughs> self-actualization? Um, <laughs> yeah. So religious put it under like religious obscure (laughs) obscure religious film right supernatural okay so here's the genre i love this kind of movie which is mean guy grumpy Mm -hmm. boy yep something supernatural happens yep and then at the end they're nice love it so It, I think it fits into the comedy genre at Blockbuster, which might be a yeah, new, oh, definitely. A new yep. way that we define movies. Where do we remember it being at Blockbuster? <laughs> Got it. Um, but there's this, this deeper genre, which is like, maybe it's like Scrooge, like the Scrooge genre, yep. which is, mm-hmm. um, like I said, grumpy, supernatural something. By the end of the movie, a lesson is learned and you're nice. Sure. Uh, here, here's why I'm talking about it right now, because what you just said about that it ha- takes place on a holiday. Right. I think tons of these movies are around Christmas. Mm, yep. Maybe because of the Scrooge thing. So I'm thinking about Family Man. Yep. Uh, um, it's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. A hundred percent. Even though that's a little bit. He wasn't a green. He wasn't a mean, grumpy guy, but. He learns right. a lesson through a super, supernatural thing. It's it's, um, but it's around Christmas. There's something amazing about this one being around a holiday, but the <laughs> dumbest one. <laughs> <laughs> totally, um, you're no, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, I don't know. It, it's comedy because it's funny, right? But it's so much more heartfelt. It's I, I heard this comedian talking about this this movie. Yeah. And he was he was like, it's not just a comedy. It's so much more well-rounded. And it's like this guy that like loves Harold Ramis. Like Harold Ramis was second a second city guy. 
Yeah. I guess they offered him to uh, be on on the cast of Saturday Night Live or like write for Saturday Night Live, and he turned it down. Right. Stayed there and then wrote Caddyshack. Uh huh. And like just started writing movies. So like he even it, it's this guy is just like a brilliant dude that like even how he turned down an amazing opportunity to do other ones. Super duper interesting. Um, yeah. But he had the. It's got such a roundedness, such a. It's perfectly crafted, dude. And right, and that's why we. I mean, since we started this, like th- that cold open that I read, I think is the first cold open I ever wrote. Okay. Um, because huh. when we were making a list, this is one of those that has always been on the very top. Um, mm-hmm. And I think would have been earlier in the series if we hadn't been holding it so that we could release it on Groundhog Day. <laughs> right. Oh, totally. And we're very proud of the fact that this is actually coming out on Groundhog Day, um, which we're going to discover in the Gomer One sheet. Mm-hmm. They didn't even do. No, they were I know. late. Okay. Like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to the Gomer One sheet. So let me read the VHS synopsis first. Okay, great. Hey, one, one final thought. Yeah, here, one final thought on the... It's, I still think though, it's a, it's like a dramedy. Right. I don't know. I just, I can't get this out of my head because mm-hmm. it is such a drama. Like there are laughs. Yep. But they're not, they're not set up laugh. It's like, like a uh, happy Gilmore, which I f- hope to one day do, but it's <laughs> yep. not set up, laugh, set up, laugh. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the, the jokes happen in like in, in the movie, you know, they just come out of the, of the story. Yep. That's, you know, I, I think you're right. And and when you think about even a layer deeper of what's actually going on with this guy, yeah. it's not funny. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. it's it's a very lighthearted telling of this story. If you think about it super deeply, you're like, he is in hell. <laughs> no. I, well, some some would say purgatory. OK, right. That's probably more accurate. He's in a purgatory type situation um yeah and it's but it is so funny okay so um here is the i I think this is going to give us even more of a depth even of how this movie was like marketed okay interesting um so here's the vhs synopsis on the back of an actual vhs tape um there's two quotes this is the the strangest vhs synopsis we've ever had because it starts with two quotes quote do you ever have deja vu? Unquote. And then right below that, another quote. Didn't you just ask me that? Is that in the movie? <laughs> Actually, yes. That is. He that's says a that, joke in the movie, right? Yep, he, that's kind that's of before, back and forth. That's like on day one, I think. Okay, right. Um, so they start the synopsis with like okay. a, a real sweet joke from the movie. Sure, okay. Got it. So then here's the synopsis after that. Bill Murray is at his rye wisecracking best in this riotous romantic comedy. There we go. They genreize it right away. About got a it. weatherman caught up in a personal time warp on the worst day of his life. Teamed with a relentlessly cheery producer, Annie McDowell. Really? Relentlessly cheery? I don't know about that. And a hmm. smart aleck cameraman, Chris Elliott. Yes. TV weatherman Phil Connors, Bill Murray, is sent to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania to cover the annual Groundhog Day festivities. But on his way out of town, Phil is caught in a giant blizzard. 
which he failed to predict, and finds himself stuck in small-town hell. Just when things couldn't get worse, they get worse. Phil wakes the next day morning. Oh, Phil wakes the next morning to find it's Groundhog Day all over again, and again, and again. Cheered by critics as Bill Murray's best movie ever, Groundhog Day is a comic time warp anyone should be happy to get stuck in. That's a Time Magazine quote. There you go. The synopsis. Oh no! Welcome everybody to Perfect <laughs> Movie. Ah. Sorry. Well, you, you've added a, a layer there by playing. <laughs> Which has bassoon at the very top, dude, and oboe. That Is that song. Yeah, that's an oboe, right? That's the instrument yep. that's playing that melodic, melodic line. Yep, but at the very top. Uh-huh. Bump, 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 bump. That's a bassoon. Wow. <laughs> Cool, right? I love it. And Sonny and Cher. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't wait to talk about Moonstruck. Mm. Oh, man, dude. That'll be a really fun one. Yeah. Speaking of, you know how I like to talk about hair? And we'll Mm -hmm. talk about hair some in this one. Um, But, man, Cher's hair in Mm. Moonstruck is just next level. Next level. Like height, depth. (laughs) (laughs) Width, <laughs> width, length, breadth. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, so uh, that's the synopsis. What I noticed about the average, like they had to put in, like, no, it's good. At the, it's such a mm-hmm. strange concept, right? A weatherman mm. gets caught in a time warp or a time loop. I think is more accurate. Um, yeah. Then they have to put like cheered by critics. It's good. Don't worry about it. It's good. <laughs> See, the, this is what's so awesome about these original VHS box D scripts is mm-hmm. it's like a wife walking through Blockbuster and she's <laughs> like, hey, honey, what about this one? And then he's like, uh, I don't know. And then she, with those words, has to sell renting it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, so look, it's look, not, look, look, honey, yeah. it says it's been cheered yeah. by critics. Right. Oh, oh, okay. And it's got a cheery producer, oh, Andy McDowell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's pretty cool. Uh, mm. Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. I liked. Uh, I like Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that guy liked Ghostbusters, he's gonna love Groundhog Day. Mm. The best collaboration, and then split with Harold Ramis and Bill mm. Murray. Mm. So mm. good. I love Harold Ramis. Me too. It's just what. What could they have done if they hadn't like broken up at the end of this movie? Weren't you weren't you saying that they were like yeah the, the, you you're talking about Bill Murray and Harold Ramis right like they had a falling yeah. out after this they, movie they had a falling out after this movie and didn't speak as far as I can tell and I've heard until Harold Ramis was on his deathbed with cancer. Incredible. I wonder what did it like. Was yeah. it this movie? Like too many takes. <laughs> no, well, okay. Apparently, apparently, like they both had different visions of how this movie should be. Interesting. Bill Murray thought it should be darker huh. and more introspective. And yeah. originally, they wrote it as much more of a comedy, which I'm going to get to in one of my evidences. Okay. Um, and so they really like. I guess he sent Harold Ramis so many notes that finally he just 
passed him off to the other writer. Like, dude, just talk directly to him. Just all your ideas, just talk directly to him from now on. I don't even want to talk to you. You're so annoying. And then they, yeah. So I guess, and I guess he was going through a divorce also during this. So, wow, that's interesting. Huh. Okay. So speaking of that, we've got your Gomer one sheet. Hey, when does Ghostbusters 2 come out? That's a great question. So if this is 93, Ghostbusters 2, I saw when I was in fifth grade, sixth grade, when I was in sixth grade. Okay, so it definitely came out before this. Oh, yeah. Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 predate this by probably three or four years. Okay. I was like, did they come back and do that but not speak? Okay. No, no, no. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Okay, so Gomer One Sheet, Groundhog Day. Yep. Release date February twelfth, nineteen ninety three. Also happens to be my wife's birthday. Um, wow. And and ten days after Groundhog Day. Yeah. So what the heck? <laughs> like, how could they not release this on Groundhog Day? Like like if it was like a summer movie or yeah. like a spring movie or like a Thanksgiving like that's forgivable. Just, right. Ten, 10 days. What? Like, why didn't they? Why? Yeah, it's it's too close to the date Yeah. to make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's got to be a little behind the scenes story story on that one. Um, it got delayed or something. Yeah, it might be. Yep. Or something big was coming out that. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Budget $14.6 million estimated. Um, mm-hmm. That seems really high to me. For the ground, the Groundhog Day Wranglers cost a lot of money. I don't know. <laughs> like maybe it was Bill Murray. Like maybe Peak he was like Bill six. Murray, right? I mean, he's at yeah. he's a for some reason huge box office draw. Right, like the weirdest looking dude. I asked Jessica, "Is yep. he good looking?" Mm, okay, and she's like, "No." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, then why does he always end up with like?" Sigourney Weaver and Andy McDowell and these like right. stone cold foxes. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And yeah. she's just like shaking her head at me like it's because he's a, a famous white dude and that's what happens in these movies. It makes no that's the biggest fantasy of these movies that Bill Murray yes. would end up with these women. That is so funny. I, I didn't ask Aaron that directly. I just said he's a really weird Sorry, Bill Murray, if you're listening to this, because you're super awesome. Child of God, made in the image of God. Don't mean to make fun of you. But he is really weird looking. You know, like. Yep. yep. His hair is weird. His yep. face is weird. His bod is weird. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he's not the typical leading man. Let's say that. Everybody's different. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's just as God made him. Yep. Totally. <laughs> You can't change but, that. All that stuff is unchangeable, right? We were talking about Tron bod. No matter what kind of Tron whole 30 you're going to do, you're still going to look like yourself. So way to go, Bill Murray. He's leading into his giftings of hilarity. Right. Um, Never felt okay, the gr- need for a Tron bod and still is a box <laughs> office draw. Did he do anything heartthrobbish? No. Um, I mean, this this is the closest to it, right? Like yep. totally rom- romantic comedy. Okay, so see that plays into like all the way at the end of the movie. He doesn't even like woo her at all. Uh-uh. Like the if you watch the last day as if it's her first time. Yep. 
it's weird because she is in love with him. I know. Very strange. You know? Okay. Right. We're getting okay, ahead okay, of ourselves. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're constantly getting ahead of ourselves. But that, that's why this is fun because we love it so much that we can just pepper us up. Uh, this grossed almost $71 million. was filmed in Woodstock, Illinois. Very okay, close that makes to where sense. we became friends. Been there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't win any awards other than the BAFTA Best Original Screenplay for Danny Rubens and Harold Ramis. Totally deserved it. Totally. Yep. Um, I don't know what screenplays were up for Oscars that year, actually. That would have been interesting. I'll do some research while you keep reading this. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, other movies around that same time that will be on future Perfect Movie Podcasts include, but are not limited to, <laughs> The Fugitive. <laughs> yep. Jurassic Park, which we already did. Nightmare Before Christmas, which I can't wait to talk about. Yep. Mrs. Doubtfire. Frick. Mm. Rudy. Frick. Yep. Um, <laughs> the Firm. Dave. Grumpy Old Men. Philadelphia Schindler's List. Like, I love every movie released this year. Huh. Like, 93. I don't know. Okay. Rotten I, Tomatoes. I think we mentioned that when we did Jurassic Park. Like, we could do a podcast oh, yeah. just about 93. We could do a whole summer series, like summer of 93. Yep. <laughs> like when we were young or something. <laughs> Very influential in our lives, I think, that summer. Um, but also yep. just amazing movies. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, 96%. We're getting some really highly rated movies lately on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just one fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so Groundhog Day, it's just, it's a holiday, you know, we, I don't really understand the point of it, um, but it's based on, or at least a, a possible, possible, uh, like going behind the scenes of it, um, uh-huh. is it was a Christian holiday called Candle Mass. Right. You were telling me a little bit about this. What, what does that mean? Okay. So it's the 40th day of epiphany. Okay. Um, and you know, like a lot of these, a lot of these holidays around here are, um, you know, the light in the darkness, the mm-hmm. warmth in the coldness, right? You know, yeah. it's like, that's why Christmas was actually put there as okay. opposed to when Jesus was actually born, like, which is September, I think. Right. Is, right. Is what most people. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. That's, I thought, I thought it was like July or something. That's, I might that's be amazing. wrong. No, I think I'm sure you're right. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, they would bring candles uh-huh. to church and have them blessed where they would then where then uh, that the idea was that that brings blessings and good fortune mm-hmm. to the home for the remainder of winter. Okay. And here's this little poem that goes with it. And I think this is where they got the groundhog idea. Ooh, a poem. Let's hear it. If Candlemas Day be fair and bright, winter will have another fight. If Candlemas Day brings cloud and rain, winter won't come again. Huh. If Candlemas Day be dry and fair, the half owe the winters to come and mare. If Candlemas Day be wet and foul, the half owe the winters gone at Yule. Okay, so th- I mean, all of that is about uh, uh, predicting the end of winter, right? Uh huh. Yeah. And so, why the heck is there a Groundhog Day now? Because I love that. Like, Candlemas sounds like my new favorite holiday. Totally. We got to start celebrating Candlemas, dude. Wow. Um, so, some I, we probably could do more research, but at some point, they were like, you know what would make this even better? 
this big rat. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? We could easily research that another time. Maybe maybe we can do the final edition of that on the uh like when we release the results or something. Good idea. I like that. Um, okay. I'm ready to put Groundhog Day on trial mm. to bring Me our too. evidences forward. Um, but first, let's listen to the trailer. Sound good? Sounds great. It's Groundhog Day! Groundhog time. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. Weatherman Phil Connors is spending the day in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Phil? Ned! Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Bing! But Phil's about to find out. He's not just stuck in Puxatawney. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%. He's stuck. In Groundhog Day. I'm reliving the same day over and over. Bill? Ned Ryerson? Bang! Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. Well, it's Groundhog Day. Again? At first, he was a little anxious. Bill? What? Will you be checking out today, Mr. Collins? I'd say the chance of departure is 80%. But now... We could do whatever we want. <laughs> He's discovering the possibilities. Don't you worry about cholesterol? Why? And living life mm. like there's Phil? no tomorrow. Phil Connors! Ned! Because there isn't. I am an immortal. I have been stabbed, shot, burned, frozen, electrocuted. I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. He's out of his gourd. But to get what his heart wants most... What are you looking for, Phil? A date for the weekend? ...means living this day over again <laughs> till he gets it right. Believe it or not, I studied 19th century French poetry. <laughs> what a waste of time. I studied 19th century French poetry. La fille qui j'aimerais. You speak French. Oui. Bill Murray. Andy McDowell. To the Groundhog. I always drink to world peace. Well, what should we drink to? I like to say a prayer and drink to world peace. Don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. He might be okay. Yes! Life has a funny way of repeating itself. What did you do today? Oh, same old, same old. There are 11 federally recognized holidays in the United States. These holidays, which include Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Independence Day, not all... <laughs> uh, dude. Uh, wake up, bro. <laughs> huh? <laughs> it's six o'clock, man. What? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm doing this for the first time. So wait, in this situation, you're... Wait a minute. Who's who in this situation? We screwed up our skit. Are you Bill Murray or am I? Okay, we're trading places here because, dude, I've been doing this podcast now for 30 years. <laughs> Stop it with that same cold open about 11 recognized holidays in the United States. I hate it. Great skit.
So good. Um, and scene. Uh, so, okay. Do we want to actually start this section? Let's do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All rise. Ned? Ned Ryerson? How's it going over there? Uh, uh, Groundhog Day stands being accused of a perfect movie, which I totally agree, dude. Even though you've been doing it 30 years, that didn't go very well. You would think that if you've been doing it 30 years, we would have perfected our skit by now. You're totally right. Plus, dude, I love that last time where he does, like, the most epic, Mm. like, somehow they've all gathered around with Kith and Kin Mm -hmm. to hear his final speech. Mm -hmm. Like, mm, so good. That launches his final day. Right. That speech yep. is the beginning of totally. the final day, which I think this is a plus for the movie. I I always forget when does his final day start? Mm, and yep. so this time I was like, got goosebumps realizing this yeah. speech starts his final day. Dude, totally. I OK, I laughed hard. Yeah, I can't wait to find out like what were your guys's, um like the biggest laughs. Mm-hmm. I'm a dude. I cried. This time, I cried too. I'll, I think I'll, I'll get twice. to that in my second okay. uh, exhibit. Speaking of which, Great. here's how this works: if this is your first oh, right. time listening to this mm-hmm. podcast, you are very annoyed. <laughs> it's not always like this. We are not always this dumb. <laughs> it's usually much smoother. Um, but this is how it works. Uh, Anthony and I pick a movie that we love. Yep. Um, we take that movie and we act mm-hmm. as that movie's defense attorneys. We are each yep. allowed two, uh, two items of evidence, two yep. exhibits that we put mm-hmm. forth to one another and to you, the listener, about why we want to prove that this is a perfect movie. Um, yep. So we do that uh, when we have our evidence we chunk chunk in uh and we're ready and then we give that evidence when we're done uh listeners y'all act as judge jury and possibly executioner i get a vote anthony gets a vote and you all get a vote if if your vote is over 75 percent yes that movie gets on our perfect movie list which we put on a flash drive uh, loaded into V'ger, which goes out and reaches the xenomorphs to convert them into being good. <laughs> which they watch now 30 to 40 years straight in a row, all these on loop. And they are transformed right. from selfless people, selfish people, mm-hmm. to selfless, loving people. That's right. Um, so sometimes we talk through the plot of the movie. I was thinking right. about doing that with this movie. And then I was thinking, yeah. how would you talk through the plot of a movie like Groundhog Day? I know. Totally. Because it, it repeats itself. There, But there is a structure. Okay. So did you write out like an act structure or anything like that? I didn't. I probably should have. Okay. Because there are moments, and we can talk through this maybe, where it's just not a day repeated. So kind of the big picture of the movie is what the VHS synopsis said and we have said, which is... Mm-hmm. uh. A mean grumpy guy played by Bill Murray 
as far as I can tell, playing himself, because I think Bill Murray is kind of a grumpy guy. <laughs> That's super good, dude. Totally. <laughs> um, and then yeah. he gets caught in a time loop on Groundhog Day in a town he doesn't live in, which is kind of made to be like kind of hokey and cheesy and boring. Right. Yep. Right. He right. lives a mundane day over and over and over and over and over and over again until he learns his lesson. There, there's yeah. some sort of moral thing, right, that happens to him. He becomes a, the person that he needs to be instead of grumpy boy. Right. And then the movie ends. Um, but I think what right. you're saying is that there are acts within that um, that For maybe sure. we can talk through. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what, dude? I'm just going to... My first evidence... Hold on. Ooh, wow. Right into it. Okay. So, I'm just going to... I'm just going to chunk in right now. This okay. one's pretty quick, uh-huh. but it's really important, I think, and part of why this movie is so good. Okay. So, here's my first piece of evidence as mm-hmm. to why this is a perfect movie is that they never say why this happened. Okay. I, I think I know... Like, there's not like, well, then what okay i did ask the boys like who's doing this yes okay there you okay what did they say tell me about this they they reminded me that at one point he says he has this little speech about i'm a god (laughs) he does i'm I'm, yeah yeah. there, there is a little bit of wrestling with what's going on yep but it's played off kind of as i don't know it's almost played off as a joke. I th- I think maybe what you're saying, I'm going to interpret what you're saying and you can tell me if I'm putting words into your mouth, that there's no okay. scene where it's like, let's scientifically figure out what's happening here. Like, it's not a, it's not a science movie. Right. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I love that scene, first of all. I, I'm not the God, but I am a God. Like, it's like, it. they had to put that in there. Like, what? What is actually... <laughs> But okay, but here, just from a specifically a writing standpoint, mm-hmm. like okay, big, you've got Zoltar. Yep. Right, like uh, uh, what's that one with Mel Gibson where he becomes uh, what women want? What women want, right? Okay, like he put he's putting on all this makeup and all all this stuff, and then he, he gets falls into the bathtub. Is that what happens? He yeah, falls into the bathtub and like yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, every movie like this or like weird science, right? Uh-huh. Like yeah. they all have that dumb scene that tries to explain what happened. Like, why is the rest of this movie the way it is? Even the other big time loop movie, Edge okay. of Tomorrow. Yep. Has a scientific explanation about why that's happening yeah. to our best friend, Tom Cruise. Because he gets splattered with the brain of one of these aliens that is is in a time loop, which is the aliens are super good at this because that's how they live. And he kind of gets that splattered on him before he dies. Right. And so then he gets to do that. There's and there I remember is a long info dump scene where he's talking to a nerdy scientist about it. Yes. Which I, I really like that movie. I was going through like an existential crisis on death like, like okay. when that movie. So I was like, what happens? Uh-huh. Like, OK, I die right now. What happens? Like this second. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. 
I mean, I love that movie. Oh, me too. Edge of Tomorrow. I actually only saw it that one time. I've caught like little bits on repeat. Oh, it's so good. On repeat. I'm really wanting, because don't you guys have like a a tradition you watch that you were telling me? Yeah, we watch a double feature of Groundhog Day and Edge of Tomorrow every Groundhog Day. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I I think, hot take, Edge of Tomorrow is the best video game movie ever made. Because it's mm, how wow. a video game works, right? You die over and over again. Yep. You learn the patterns, yes. and then you win. Yep. Um, and so, mm-hmm. more than any actual intellectual property video game ever made, I think Edge of Tomorrow is the best one. Um, but wow. but they do spend a lot of time trying to figure out why this happens. In Groundhog Day, it just he just wakes up, and it's happening. Right. So I love that they never try to explain it. They don't do the um, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Where oh, that's another great know. example of grumpy person. All those body switching movies. That's the same thing. Yes, totally. <laughs> now we went but, to vice versa first instead of like Freaky Friday. That should tell you something about us. Why is vice versa so important to us? I don't know. <laughs> You're totally right. Um, Freaky Friday, also written by uh, Danny Rubens, dude. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting that you brought that up, actually. And then there's 13 going on 30 mm-hmm. is another example. But here's Grow the other thing about all movies. Yeah. Yep. All those movies, though, mm-hmm. they have to get to that back to that point to get out of it. So even even in big, this uh-huh. is this what you're positing? That even though it makes yes. no sense that uh-huh. this thing would make it happen, right. there's still that thing. Right. Yep. The, and that's how he gets out is finding Zoltar again. I see. He has the only way so, to get out is to go back to the arcade game. Right. So he could not learn any lessons and still get back. Exactly. So that's <laughs> so he grows and that's how he gets out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he learns, he matures and he becomes the person that he could be. That he should be, that we all are dying to be, which is like a selfless, loving person that is just freely giving yourself away. Okay. Right. That's how he gets out of it. Okay. So that's your read on the movie, which is that Uh Bill Murray has a day. This is another conversation we're having with our family. Why does he get out of the loop? Hmm. Um. I think there's a very kind of carnal read you can do on this movie, which is they have sex and then he gets out of the loop. (laughs) No, dude, he doesn't have sex. They don't have sex. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Super fun fact. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So this comes from, I think, the Stephen Stephen Pawlowski files or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, the guy that plays Ned Ryerson. Yep. So everybody should check out that podcast. It's like episode 29 or something like that. Okay. Um, he just talks about his entire experience filming this movie. Yeah. And he was there for, they wrote that final scene. It wasn't going to be in the movie. Okay. So where she wakes up, like, dude, that scene is mind blowing. When her arm comes across him. I know. Something different and she is turns, happening. Yeah. Mm. He's like, wait, this is different. He touches her arm. He's like tingly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so he didn't want to film that scene. Yeah. He didn't want it to end like that. Right. And so he said, I'll only film it. Okay, what What am I wearing? 
because he wanted to know what happened the night before. Okay, I just got goosebumps. I I remember okay, what so, he's I remember what he's wearing. Okay, he and Harold Ramis could not, and they weren't fighting about it. They actually couldn't figure out how to end the movie. Yeah, it's a hard one to end. Yep. So he pulls. They they pull everybody on the crew around them, and it's a it's a tie, and one like production assistant gives the deciding vote that says he should be wearing his clothes from the night before, uh-huh. which means they fell asleep in the clothes and didn't do it. Okay. All right. The, the, you've convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> because I started getting a little bit nervous. I should have okay. thought more about what he was wearing because she's so like um, intimate that that scene is very intimate, right? right? She, yep. Th- they're the way they're kissing, the way that mm-hmm. they're talking to each other, and she says, "He says, why are you still here?" She says, "Because you asked me to stay, so I stayed." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh no, wait a mm. minute! Is are we supposed to be gathering from this that he finally?" did the deed with her (laughs) so and so time the time loop ends it's not the first time he's had sex right i mean right right (laughs) we could probably maybe assume if he's been there as long as he's been that he's been doing that a lot but right i i think you're supposed to assume that they have never done that and so i was getting nervous dude that there's a read of this movie that he finally accomplishes that oh gosh it sounds so gross and i'm so relieved that that's not what it is i see what you mean no 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 so that proves that theory wrong okay great and i'm um, so happy to be proven wrong i've never been okay, happier so, to uh, be proven wrong <laughs> so that's that's my take on it yep is that he grows from selfish jerk mm-hmm. to selfless wonderful person mature um, as you were talking about it, like he is, he, he is redeemed. Like he's sanctified <laughs> to use yeah. like a spiritual term. Like right. that's where the purgatory argument comes in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why it fits with the kind of Scrooge model, which mm-hmm. is he has to go through this trying, um, self-aware journey Uh, self-awareness journey right yep uh Mm -hmm. and he comes out at the other end saying i can live differently yes now i adore the old school christmas carol because that is like even if you're so old Uh uh-huh and you only have a little time left oh wow yeah you can be you can be a redeemed person. Um, I, I also think it's interesting that Bill Murray is Scrooge, right? In Scrooge, yeah, that is. <laughs> yep, totally. Around this same time, right? Uh, mm-hmm. A little earlier, I guess. Scrooge is in the eighties, but there's okay, yeah. Uh, uh, it's Bill Murray plays the part of a total a hole so well, yeah, and the part of an endearing nice person have you ever seen um the man who knew too little yes i did but 
once in the theaters with Alex, like in high school or college, whenever that came out. Shoot, wow, I it must have been again. in college. That That's kind of okay. the movie where Bill Murray, I would say, plays a kind of innocent. Okay. It's a, it's a really unusual turn for him where he's just kind of like a goofball who's super nice the okay. whole time. Normally, he's not that, right? Normally, he is right. uh-huh. um, prickly, which is great. He plays that <laughs> incredibly well. No, it's perfect. This, see this? Okay, I just have to drop this real quick. This is where they originally wanted Tom Hanks to do this. Oh, interesting. They originally, the, the two original casts were Tom Hanks and Michael Keaton. Okay. Michael Keaton didn't want to do it. for like I think he was doing something else. Uh-huh. And they thought Tom Hanks... No, Tom Hanks said himself that people won't believe the first half of the movie. They'll see me as the redeemed person already. <laughs> wow. Speaking of self-awareness, he, he oh, knew man. that about himself he, and saved he this movie. Totally. Because you'd be like, oh, he's just playing a jerk. Right. Because that's that's why it's so perfect. Yep. That's, there's another evidence right there, the casting. Yeah. Um, can I, I'm going to, I'm going to chunk in. Because I think Great. we're talking around something that I want to do. Okay. Um, so awesome. here we go. I'm chunking in. <laughs> I almost did a, did a spit take, dude. <laughs> we are two morons. Okay, so <laughs> anything to make each other laugh. Okay. Um. So here's here's my piece of evidence. Uh, okay. I was talking in our last episode about what my I'm finally defined what my perfect movie, what I, what my criteria for a perfect movie, your your rubric. That's right. That's right. That's the word I was trying to think of the word you use, which is better. So the perfect movie Gomer two rubric. Okay. And one of the things that's really important to me is taking a big swing and connecting. Got it. the, The term I use is innovation. So if it's like, if it's original and it's an innovative idea, and it actually works. Yep. That just impresses me so much. Okay, so we're talking like uh, when Mr. Potato Head is on a um, a tortilla, right? <laughs> oh my I remember God. you telling me that you were just like, I am so jealous of that idea. It was it, like, how can you take this character that we think you've done everything with and do yeah. something new? Um, <laughs> right. So especially if I'm going to a movie thinking this is not going to work. Interesting idea, but it's not going to work. I think uh, And another example of that was the first Avengers where I was like, okay, six superheroes in one movie. Uh Uh-huh. That sounds very ambitious. There's no way that's going to work. And I walked out of the movie thinking they did it. And I called Mm -hmm. Alex and he answered the phone and he said, they did it. And no we just talked way. about how That's we so just awful. had so much doubt that it could happen. Yeah. And they're like, how did it happen? It's amazing. <laughs> this this is one Love of those it. movies. I went in thinking that's an interesting idea. It's going to be friggin' boring. Mm, okay. Or and repetitive so, or. Right. So my my first piece of evidence is it shouldn't work, but it does. Mm. Um, Great. I think what we were just talking around is a big piece of that is Bill Murray himself. It would not have worked with a different actor. 
maybe with Michael Keaton. Yeah, actually, okay. I think the Michael Keaton one is super interesting. Me I too. would see that. Me too. Has he been in any of this mean guy supernatural thing happens to him and then he's nice movie? Mm. See, like Mr. Mom, he kind of transforms, but he's <laughs> hilarious at the top. See, and I think he would have gone natural or, you know, right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he You're just right. does something different. <laughs> right. See, I think Michael Keaton could have played, could have gone crazier. I see. Yeah, he's got like, kind of that insane yeah, thing. Like you want right, to get nuts right behind the like, eyes. Nuts. Yeah. Oh, what about multiplicity? Dude, I I think that's also a Harold Ramis. No and way. Annie McDowell. It's got Annie McDowell in it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're close on that one. But I agree, like, Michael Keaton would have brought something different to it, but he could have played the grumpy guy turns nice. Yep. Um, yep. it just, who, like I said at the beginning, it's just who I think Bill Murray is just playing himself. You're right. You're, it should say Bill Murray as himself <laughs> for the first half, but see, he doesn't even get saccharine sweet. The end isn't saccharine sweet. He still He's, has, even in that final day when he yep. saves the kid, right? When the kid falls from the treehouse. Yeah, right he saves him and he's like say thank you you have never said thank you to me <laughs> oh dude fun fact yeah if you go to the hospital scene mm-hmm. um you you might have seen this but if you go to the hospital scene i think when he's bringing the old man in that boy is in the back getting a cast on his arm no way oh i yeah. love that that's great <laughs> um th- there's we we started talking about this like there are so here's what I think. It's the writing. The the Got it. Yep. the way that this is so it's the casting, yeah. But I think the structure is so impressive to me. The writing mm. is so good that I wouldn't certainly the first 20 times I saw the movie <laughs> get bored <laughs> or get it yeah. if I'm getting annoyed it's for the right reasons, which is like yep. just get it right. Um there's kind of this Maybe it has to do with the background cast is so good as well. Mm. And so. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I want to get away from the casting because we've talked so much about that. It's just the the way that the day changes, even though it's not changing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Based on his attitude that certain day, whether he wants it to be good or not. Uh, and so it's almost hard for me to pinpoint what exactly it is besides everything comes together and the movie works. It's like this weird machine that somebody put together that shouldn't work. Uh huh. And then you press the button and it does. It, it's like, it's just firing on all cylinders. Just it's yep. like a, one of those German clocks. You're like, Nope, not supposed to work. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's got seven of the same thing and it should have different sized things or gears or whatever. Right. And yep. so I think you are you are witnessing a writer at his best mm. because they've yep. taken this uh, big idea. I, I feel the same way about Sleepless in Seattle, which is you're not going to see these two meet until the end. And yeah. and so you've got this guy who's repeating the day over and over again. And that feels like most writers would throw their hands up in the air and say, this is impossible. 
but instead mm. Harold Ramis and his writing partner was named I, I want to give credit oh Danny Rubin Danny yeah Rubin yeah I want to give credit where credit's due right they take this thing that shouldn't work and make it work mm. um but I, we were talking about that scene where he's ordering the drink over and over again mm-hmm. there, there's that slow build it gets funnier and funnier yeah when you know when the two of us try to do it it's just annoying <laughs> We think it's funny. I don't know if anybody else thinks it's funny. <laughs> We're just laughing. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to the Two Gomers podcast. Oh. Um, yeah, I know. It, it, so one of the things that just boggles my mind about the filming of this mm-hmm. is how how they did all those takes, and then they did all of those takes multiple times. Yeah. So like how it, it's it's like it's really brilliantly crafted mm-hmm. and then like the edit i don't i i should have figured out who edited it because i'm sure it's an incredible editor right um but harold ramus must have so meticulously been like okay now oh actually i remember hearing this bill murray would ask am i good phil or bad phil in this scene is like how he knew he had oh, to act i see something like that well and then when you think about the the mess that filming must usually be which is you're filming things yeah. out of order chronologically yeah, because of the location you're in or the actors you have on yep. on set that day or the weather. Right. And so you're like, uh-huh. well, we need to, we need to film the final scene today because we have yeah. these grips, right? We have these cameramen right. and, it's, and it looks like this outside. So just imagine okay. having to put the movie together in a movie like yeah. this. No, that, okay. That, that's something. Okay, I keep saying this blows my mind. I got to come up with something better. Yeah. So they had to film the entire like town sequence from beginning to end in a couple days. The, you mean you mean like the the actual Groundhog Day festival that they're at? Right. Yep. Totally. So so they had to film the entire movie mm-hmm. once. With everybody there. So Mm -hmm. now you've gone through the whole movie. And then you need to film the whole movie over with Ned Ryerson. And now we need to film the whole movie of you in your hotel room. And now we need to film the whole movie. In the diner. In the diner. Totally. You know what I mean? So like like normally, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of times movies are filmed sequentially. So from beginning to end, so you can get your arc. Uh You can try to look the part. You know the way it goes. Uh-huh. He actually had to go through that transformation, right? So many times, and the people reacting to him, like we haven't even shouted out yet, dude. But Chris Elliott, <laughs> like, oh, I think he got all of our best laughs. And he's like the constant. Do you remember the constant episode in Lost? Like, there's always somebody there, and he doesn't necessarily yes. change. He's always You're the totally same person. Right. And so you can yeah. always rely on Chris Elliott to yeah. be like, he will never yeah. change. <laughs> <laughs> totally. He, like, oh man. Like when he, uh, when they, when he flies off the, the car and blows up, he's like, he'll, he'll probably be okay. Yeah, he, he might be okay. You know? Well, he might. <laughs> probably not now. <laughs> <laughs> or like, um, yeah, actually now, now I'm, now I'm drawing a blank. Um, I should have written down the other ones but like we just laughed at him and the girls laughed at him so many times he's like i love the little dance he's doing at the mm-hmm. um 
at like that auction. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Can we talk about this auction for a minute? <laughs> okay. Do sure. these auctions still happen anymore where you auction off people? For yeah. Dates? The bachelor, the, the bachelor auction. Right. Um, okay. So which Gomer, which Gomer would get more money? Oh no, you would. <laughs> A hundred percent. Oh, dude, you're the sub five marathon, man. I'm I can't even I can't do it. No, you're the fun guy. You're the fun one. Nope. People would be like, this, nope, you're this the- is, would be a great date. <laughs> dude, the Enneagram seven. Who doesn't want to hang out with an Enneagram seven, bro? That's all you. Well, um, yeah, here, I know. But ch- you you yeah. know that about me. The women that are looking at me auctioning off, they they don't. <laughs> they would be like, this guy's a little bit tight. <laughs> It's all, dude, it's all the bassoon. That's that they, people think my bassoon is so sweet. Um, it, let me just mention something I freaking love uh-huh. real quick while we're talking about Chris Elliott. Yeah. When he, in the last day, when he goes up to Chris Elliott and he's like, what do you think, Phil? Or what do you think, Larry? Mm-hmm. How, how should we like, dude, I, that's one of the times where I teared up because it was somebody, a behind the scenes person that doesn't think their opinion matters. Mm-hmm. And like the guy from the top says, what do you think? Like, let me hear and see you. And when he is seen and heard, dude, that man, his face, his acting so good. The, so, OK, so this goes with my piece of evidence. OK, there need to be moments like that where you buy what's happening. That mm. he could yeah, yeah. actually there change so much that even though it's day one for everybody else. Yep, he is able to change the his surroundings, his relationships, mm. because he has yeah. learned a lesson, and so th- there's there's the, there's two things here. There's the puzzle that this whole thing this you're looking at a table and the puzzle's all messed up, and somehow they were able to put the puzzle together so that it works. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then okay. there have to be small moments like that where the audience buys it, and I Got think it. I think you're right on where that exchange where he's like, no. You've got the coffee in your hand. Let me let me take the camera. Oh, let me take all this heavy stuff from you. And it's like that actually in real life would change the way somebody views you. <laughs> so right. <laughs> and so it's not just a goofy comedy. It's like mm. you come out of it thinking, what if I actually had that interaction with somebody that I'm at odds with? Wow. Wait a minute. That could actually change a day from one to the other. And then you're like, I oh, thought this man, was supposed so to be a Bill Murray funny comedy. Ha ha ha. Right. And then you're like, wait a minute. I'm thinking about my life here. It's just, <laughs> Hold it's on. amazing. I'm, yeah. Being how, who could I see today mm-hmm. and make their day better? Like yep. who in my life could I lift up instead of make fun of or tear down? Incredible. And so that's my second piece of evidence. It shouldn't work. But it does. Oh, I love it. Um, let me read this this Roger Ebert quote. Okay. Because it kind of plays into what you were just saying. Okay. So Roger Ebert loved this movie. Phew. Um, yeah, I mean, who cares? But <laughs> No, I'm, I'm honestly cool relieved. <laughs> right. Um, uh, okay, so he said, formula comedies are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Those based on an original idea are more rare, and Groundhog Day, apart from everything else, is a demonstration of the way time can sometimes give us a break. Mm. Just because we're born as SOBs Mm -hmm. doesn't mean we have to live that way. That's good. Yeah. 
I, I, and that's why I love this genre, whatever we're going to call it, Scrooge genre or mean guy, mm-hmm. supernatural, nice guy genre is because yep. it, it reminds me of what he just said. Just be, stop using, I'm just like this as an excuse mm. for your bad wow. behavior. Wow. That is right on. Like I, I love that, a movie okay. that suggests that yeah. you can actually change. You're so right. Like that's where I, I just heard John Mark Comer do mm-hmm. a super hot take about the Enneagram. Okay. Let's hear it. Um, Where he was like, okay, so he was an early adopter mm-hmm. as you've been on the train for a long time. Sure. Right. And so he was, first of all, he, I think he's just kind of like, man, now it's cool. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it used to be counterculture to talk about the Enneagram, not counterculture, but like cool and new. Yeah. Right. Cutting like edge. Every, Every, mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's like everybody's doing it. So it's like, yeah, hey, you're overplayed, man. There was like a little bit of that. Yeah. But the real underpinning was that people then stay defined by their number. Uh-huh. I see and that. don't change. Yep. And the flip side of that is like, well, you're a seven. You just wouldn't understand what I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So we put each. He's He actually said that we should never tell other people other than like a spiritual director. Yeah. Our good. number. Yeah. Um, cause then we define, we define ourselves. Okay. And doesn't that suck? Like every good thing has to be misused somehow. Man, right. How depressing. That's why I like a movie once in a while. That's like, actually being nice is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Look after your cameraman. Right. Nice, right? nice people win. It's not just mm. that, but it's one of the reasons I know you haven't seen Knives Out yet, but I will just say this. Oh, right. Okay. It's the first movie I've seen in a while where it's like being nice pays off. I can't wait for you to see this movie. It's so good because I did not see that coming. But the, the, one, of the, one of the messages of Knives Out is caring about other people and being nice is better than anything else. Okay. I can't wait for you to see it. <laughs> All right, dude. I can't wait to see that. Hey, I need to chunk in, bro. Chunk. Okay, we've basically been talking about this the whole time, so this can be super fast. Okay. And we've mentioned everything that I'm about to say. Um, but my second piece of evidence, so exhibit C, mm-hmm. is his transformation from selfish, prideful, Mm-hmm. SOB in the mm-hmm. words of Roger Ebert um, to a selfless, loving person that is giving his life away. I, I We're saying everything that we've already said. Yeah. Um, Ronald Rollheiser calls it spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about it in the Enneagram world as redeemed aging. Yep. Which I, I just think is like, I love that. Yeah. That's it's, the point of it, right? Right. It's like, um, Instead of using the word healthy, which can be defined in all sorts of ways, and and it puts the onus on you, um, it's you're redeemed. It's like almost the, mm. you do all the work and then something changes, which this this mm. is a deeply spiritual movie, in my opinion. Some Dude, sort of something outside of himself yep. is acting on him to make him a better person. Yep. Um, uh, and so he is not only becoming healthier, he is being redeemed through this movie, which yeah. I love so good. 
Okay, so I I listened to like that that's that uh that Stephen Tobolowski one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess um this movie has been used in uh Jewish hmm. teachings. Okay, it's been used in Buddhist teachings. Uh huh. Um, because I, so I guess Harold Ramis grew up Jewish. He's agnostic, but now he's married to a Buddhist. Interesting. And, um, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, and of course it's been used in sermons, although I have never heard this take. I've never okay, heard good. the Enneagram <laughs> take. I, th- this is original Gomer's as far as I can tell, like the, <laughs> the Ronald Rollheiser Enneagram, uh-huh. um, redeemed aging. Um, so something I was thinking about this. Okay. We talked about the the idea of um, the Groundhog Day scale. Mm-hmm. So this movie wouldn't have worked if this was a Groundhog Day scale of higher than like a three. Because you would just be living this. Although I don't know what it would be like if you were living your best life or your, your best life now. <laughs> your, <laughs> your best, best day. life now. No, but like that, that speech that he says about why didn't I get that day? The yeah. movie wouldn't be interesting enough if it was his best day and he was just on the beach. He, he had to, yep. th- there has to be a place for him to be redeemed from, right? Which is his yes. mundane, jerky life. Right. Here, let me play this clip. Okay. Um, here. What would you do if you were stuck in one place and every day was exactly the same and nothing that you did mattered? Now that sums it up for me. <laughs> What's, is that when he's in the bowling alley with that guy? When is that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's when he's in the bowling bowling alley. Um, first of all, cutscene. He learns to bowl. He can bowl a three hundred. Oh, I he love it. He becomes a pool shark, so he crushes pool. Uh huh. He learns Jeopardy, right? Um, <laughs> yep, I remember that. There is another sport. I, I think there maybe it was pool. Okay. Stuff that's cut. Yeah. Um, and uh. Yeah. So wait, just just so real here, quick. That reminds me of something oh, okay. we haven't actually talked about, which is how long he's been there. I, mm, I love okay. going down the rabbit hole on the Internet Let's about theories of how long he's been there. So my favorite article is on a website called whatculture.com by a guy named Simon Gallagher, where he actually okay. goes through days shown on screen, days mentioned, uh, mm. days spent learning which is my favorite mm. part. Um, oh, that's super interesting. And then kind of the full days that we see, the gesture days, he calls them. Um, yeah. But my the most interesting thing is these days spent learning, which he uses the 10,000 hours thing, like it takes 10,000 hours to yep. be, to Malcolm become an Gladwell. expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And he, and so what I've got is he becomes an expert pianist. Okay, yep. Here, can I say something about that real quick? Yeah. Really, really quick. Go. Because I know. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't learn just to play a song. He learns to play piano. And he learns how to improvise. Yes. So I, look, hey, people are like, I want to learn that Coldplay song. Okay. No, learn how to play the piano. Then you can play anything. Wow. You know what I mean? Yes. So So he doesn't only learn how to play that song. Yes. He doesn't. Yeah. Like, ugh. He's got the right, he's got the right finger, like he's, what do you call that when you're, when you're playing properly? Posture. Yeah, or... he's got the right finger posture. Now, I yep. noticed in the, um, 
in the credits that there's a hand model or something or like a, a piano <laughs> totally. stand-in hand person. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. But he, dude, he he starts with scales, mm-hmm. right? Yes. He starts with our I, I I love that. Great sequence in the movie which he keeps going back and back and back to the piano teacher. <laughs> yep. I love her. Um okay, mm, so yep. you've got piano, you've got ice sculpting, which he's obviously yep. an expert at. It's mentioned mm-hmm. that he healed, like he fixed that guy's back, so he's like a chiropractic expert. Right. <laughs> Learns holistic natural medicine. Yep. There's French, there's poetry, Th- these cutscenes, which, what the Jeopardy thing, right? He's a pool shark, he's, bowl- he's a bowler. Um, yep. And then just how much time it must have taken to learn everybody's life in the town. That, I love that, dude. Okay. Me too. Yes. And he learns French and poetry. Did you say that? Yeah, I did. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Um. So this guy's thing is he did all the math and he said it's at least 34 years. He's in the loop, <laughs> which I love. I heard something where oh. the original intent that like Harold Ramis's first pitch was like 10,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable and then he officially said at some point it was 10 um okay 10 34 i mean these are massive amounts of time he's in here Mm -hmm. um and so yeah i i just i i I love thinking about this movie i I have yes thought (laughs) so much about this movie (laughs) here let me let me ask you something yeah do you think okay i just thought of this do you think he was like, okay, today's Monday, so it's going to be piano day. Then Tuesday, I'm going to learn French. Then Wednesday, I'm going to learn pool. You know you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. Or do you think he spent... Because I've always thought he spent 10,000 hours learning piano, then 10,000 hours learning French. I wonder if he like came up with a rotation of like, yeah, today's my piano lesson. Like, almost put him into a structure of like... And then on Saturday, I go out with... <laughs> I go. I go to that. Go to see um, Heidi too. Yeah, the French maid. Yeah, I. I think if he, if it were me, yes, he would mm-hmm. have a structure and a plan. If it were you, you'd be like, wake up. What am I gonna do today? Um, wh- which uh, th- there is this thing that happens. Yeah, and this is this goes into your theory that there are actually acts in the movie. I would say the okay, final yeah. act happens when he has this conversation with Annie McDowell's character Rita, right? Yep. Where she's like, you're looking you're looking at it wrong. This I would take this as an opportunity. Mm, if I was yeah. given all the time in the world, I would take this as an opportunity. And he wakes Great. up, she's not there in bed, and something has changed in his countenance mm. where he yep. starts going to piano lessons. You're yep. Um, he starts bettering himself. He's reading philosophy. He's helping mm-hmm. people. Um, I'm going to chunk one more time in for my final thing. Great. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't get old, dude. My last piece of evidence is along these same lines. It's a specific thing. It's when I cry in the movie. Okay. Which is his interaction with this old homeless man. My voice is cracking <laughs> because it it is by far my favorite sequence of the movie. This mm-hmm. old man has been bugging him the whole movie about 
he's he's a beggar. He's asking for money. And up until this point, Bill Murray's like, forget it. Yep. When he has this kind of con- like early conversion, right? He gives all of his money away to this guy. Then sees him later. He's stumbling along. He brings him to the hospital and, and this guy dies. And there's this thing mm-hmm. where it's like, no, he just, he just died. He's, he died of old age. He's lived a rough life. Yep. And Bill Murray says, yep. not today, right? Not today. He not, cannot yeah. die today. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's this really, in my opinion, beautiful sequence where he mm. tries. He has several yep. days where he keeps trying. He, he brings him to the diner and gives him soup and keeps bringing yep. in. And he starts calling him dad. Mm. Pops. Mm. Yep. He's making, he's Dang. developing this relationship with him. And then this right before the last day, I didn't notice this mm. until this last viewing. The last scene we see before the final day happens is him trying to give this guy, trying to save him himself, giving him mouth to mouth saying, come on, pops, come on, dad, you yep. can do it. You can, you're going to live. And then he can't. He can't save him. And he looks up, speaking of a spiritual movie, he looks up into the yeah. sky and you see that kind of last breath happen. Oh, yeah. The, the, something about this, which is like, there's sort of like this futility of life thing happening, but also I can do my best. And I'm going to make yeah. this guy's final day as good as I can. Mm. And something snaps there where then the final day starts and he lives a completely wow. selfless day. And it, dude, it's just dude. like th- yeah. this scene does not belong in, in this kind of movie <laughs> and it's there and I love it. Dude, That is so amazing. Okay. I don't know if there could be a spiritual reading in that of like, he repairs a father wound in that there, moment. That's what I thought like, this last time. I wonder what his relationship was with his dad. Yeah. Again, not something I'm supposed to be thinking about in a lighthearted comedy. <laughs> right. And like somehow that releases him. Yep. To to then live that like it's like he needed to get over that that hurdle. That's not a hurdle. I I don't I don't mean it like that. That was cold. It's something. But you there. know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do. I do know. What he you needed mean. to repair that. Um, yeah, that last breath mm-hmm. in unbelievable that's the that's the idea behind i think it's andy stanley that's like you can't do everything but you can do something right so like the idea of taking care of that man or seeing larry um oh my gosh um hey i need to finish my last piece of evidence real quick sorry yep go ahead (laughs) no dude that was so i i cried 100 percent yeah and that is good acting Great acting like, by by really by the great. old act, that old guy actor and by Bill Murray, you completely mm-hmm. buy it. Yep, so good. Okay, finish um, your evidence. Nope. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> his transformation, right? Uh huh. Um, he can't accumulate or save anything. Right. He like he can't by by our culture's standards, he can't get rich. He can't get famous. Mm -mm. He can't do the cheap things 
or the easy things or the quick things to mm-hmm. to better himself. And he tries, right? Seem, like he he goes yep. to food, he goes to money, mm-hmm. he goes to sex, he goes all those yep. places and all of them reset. And and yep. nothing changes. Yep. <laughs> um they're futile pursuits. Um yep. so just kind of going on uh, one of our listeners run lore. Mhm. Um her word this year was daily. Uh-huh. I remember. Right? Yeah. And it really triggered something in me this that he gets better by mm-hmm. doing things day by day, little by little. And yep. just basically his um his uh the the practical ways that I think we can do this mm-hmm. is I just wrote this down when when we were when we were watching this is and I've already said this kind of but he sees, he listens and he learns. Mm. Wow. That's what that's what he does in this movie. So first he tries to get Andy McDowell to be, you know, he tries to get her, you know, bodily. <laughs> and I love that scene where he's trying to replicate how it oh, worked right. the one time. And it just something about that remind reminded me of dates I've been on like that. Like we had fun mm. last time. Let's just right. replicate that. And why right. don't you like me today? You liked me yesterday. <laughs> right. But what happens is he actually sees her mm-hmm. and listens to her mm-hmm. and learns about her. Yep. Um, same thing. And and so that's when, when you said he sees he learned everybody's story. Mm-hmm. He like he must have spent days with everybody in town. Yep. I think. Because he like, knows, I mean, he knows that he knows their desires. He knows deep secrets yep. about them that it must have taken <laughs> entire like must have taken deep conversation Mm -hmm. to discover he yeah he took everybody to lunch i'm sure yeah or to coffee yep yeah he gained their trust Mm -hmm. in like not in a selfish way but like so like i i was thinking about this when i went to Publix last night i was like every single person like what if i was in this Publix for Mm -hmm. 30 years right so just kind of the idea of seeing the people that are unseen Uh learning their stories yeah and then changing and then that just leads to um what we believe as as christ followers which is like our ultimate is to ultimately give ourselves away we learn yep. we love we see mm-hmm. and then become love give yourself away which is what jesus obviously ultimately did yep um so that transformation i've i don't think i've seen in a movie better no i, I think you're so right and what a great piece of evidence like if if that is not done better in any other movie that i've seen then this listener, this movie belongs on the list. I know I can't force your hand, but I can tell I you a hundred percent. I'm voting yes on this because it, it, I didn't even see it coming. I didn't know I needed this movie when I was mm-hmm. uh, a 15 year old, but it has, it has influenced my life. What a weird thing to say because it does what it's trying to do better than any other movie. I think that I've ever seen. It changed the definition of Groundhog Day from a holiday <laughs> to this is totally Groundhog Day. That's like in our lexicon, right? Right. Like it replaced deja vu. Yep. Like it's like the freedom fries of deja vu. <laughs> you know, like no more French. Um, Amazing. And um, yeah, I know. It's yeah. Cool. Um, Love it. All right. 
those are our four evidences. First of all, no explanation is given for why this is happening. Second of all, it shouldn't work this crazy puzzle machine thing, but it does. Thirdly, uh, the amazing transformation that happens from beginning to the end. And yep. fourth, the old man, this old man scene that exemplifies the, the whole crazy thing, right? That there, there's life and death and um, selflessness. And a, it's honestly, it's a beautiful movie. Dude, and I don't care I, who tell knows you, it. I'm in love, and I'm love, and I don't care who knows I, it. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, when we had babies, mm-hmm. there were so many times where I'm like, "This is Groundhog Day." Wow, you're basically going through the exact same schedule and routine every day, and you're like trying to make it perfect. Yep, you're like, I'm gonna get the feeding mm-hmm. right before she's too you know crazy set like freaking out about needing milk yeah you know like you're gonna you know what i mean like yep i do I, i've never actually felt more groundhog day than when we had tiny kids <laughs> tiny babies <laughs> that is so right now what i'm trying to do this year is savor it even if it feels like mm. the mundane day um is, is there a way to what, what were you saying listen see um see listen and learn yeah like even in those days that seemed completely mundane because to everybody else it was day one even if it was day yep. 100,000 for him um right and he had to learn how to savor it and then finally he and annie mcdowell slept together <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> they didn't oh my gosh i'm so thankful although i'm pretty sure they did right away the next morning. <laughs> right. Um, which, great. What what a great last line. One of one of the greatest last lines of a movie, which is let's let's live here. He's been there for 34 years. He could leave. Yes. And the last line is let's live here. We'll we'll rent to start. <laughs> so good. So incredible. Dude, every day is Groundhog Day. We see the same people. Mm-hmm. We basically do the same stuff. Yep. Let's savor it. Love it. And let's just freaking be nice for once in your life. Sorry, that's not how I want this <laughs> to sound. But be kind, Dude. learn about people, yeah. engage in yeah. their lives. Um, and it could have, I know this sounds cheesy, but it could have real spiritual ramifications that could actually make an effect on the world. To see, yeah, see the people that are unseen. Mm-hmm. Like, we always think we want to, like, know the famous people, the cool people. Yep. Like, I love that this movie, like, that's not what he, that's not what he does. No, he just learns about that young couple and buys them tickets to WrestleMania (laughs) and makes their lives amazing. That, okay, you asked about our biggest laugh line or our biggest laugh moment. It's that. When he, she kisses Bill Murray and then the other, the like the newlywed oh. kisses Annie McDowell yeah, yeah, and yeah. the young girl gives Annie McDowell this dirty look like don't yeah. kiss my husband and yeah. drags him away. Well, yep. Just a little, a little perfect moment in a perfect movie. A laugh riot. Okay. <laughs> plot hole. Where does he get those tickets? You're right. I, I think that 
that one is a minor plot hole. Oh, mm-hmm. shoot, there was one other one that I thought of, but yep, I love that he that he that he did that. Yep, genius. I love it too. Our my my favorite laugh line probably is when he puts it like he's like, "Have you seen Larry eat?" <laughs> <laughs> like he shoves his fist in his mouth. I laugh so hard at that, oh, and so I love it when he jams in the in the uh, the cake. Yeah, because that cake that has. That has been. I have two birthday treats that that uh, we always. I I go between every other year. Mm-hmm. I go between the Groundhog Day cake that he has, yeah. angel food cake with pink frosting, uh-huh. and Clementine cake from Walter Mitty. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that Clementine cake, Walter Mitty, is that on our list? Mm, it better be. Put I'm not it on sure there. that it is. Put it on the list. Um, okay, listeners, it's in your hands. I, I'm pretty sure it's obvious which way Anthony and I are going to vote on this one. Oh, yeah. But now we take the risk. We put it into your hands. There's a, several ways to vote. Instagram, we put up uh, not only a post, but also a poll on Instagram. That's Perfect Movie Podcast. You can find us there. Go to our website. You can click vote on the top of our website. That's perfectmoviepodcast.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash two gomers is another place to vote. Uh, you could even send us an email, perfectmoviepodcast at gmail.com, and just tell us the name of the movie and yes or no. Um, another way to that to communicate with us that we always love is to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us feedback. That helps us get in the eyes and ears of new listeners. We always love that. Dude, literally this uh, day has gone from a Groundhog Day 5 to a 6 just recording. Wow. Um, let me not... let me show you this. Okay, go you ahead. You see this? Yeah, it me, looks like I'll tell that. I'll tell it it says by Lily. Looks like a huh. bunch of boxes with hash marks inside like she's counting something. Yep. What is that? So uh this is she sat with me and took notes uh-huh. she wanted to figure out how many days. Oh, I see it on the top now. <laughs> many times. <laughs> What does it say? Read the top it for me. By Lily, how many times does he live in Groundhog Day? <laughs> By Lily again. <laughs> That's so cute. I love it. But another yep. thing, it's just a fun. It's fun to, to count every time you watch the movie. You can do something different. So fun. It's like slap, 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 slap. Okay, Lily, there was eight days right there. Yep. Right. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. Totally. Like, fun. did he? Did he go to the doctor and the psychiatrist on the same day? Or was that a different day? Mm-hmm. Did he need to get a referral? I love it when he says, you're going to have to go to Pittsburgh for that. And he can't. The lo- the lines, the long distance <laughs> lines are closed. He can't call anybody. There's a blizzard. He can't get home. Like, ugh. yep. Now, there's another movie that <sighs> it's another movie that wouldn't work now because of cell phones. Good point. Super good point. Never thought of that. Um, and internet. Wow. I think if with internet oh! presence... What he would just remain holed up in his room, uh, and and it, it th- there's something about just the the practical time frame that this is set in that makes this yes. movie work. Also, I wrote that same thing down. We would have just binge watched every show on Earth. Okay? Thirty four years of laydown days. Yes, how depressing. Is that, and th- dude, if there's one final takeaway, let's not live our lives like that. And in, in that way, I think it would be interesting to see 
a reboot of this movie in the modern age for wow. that message to be to be like wow. you can't just binge watch your life away you have to get outside wow. and learn about um the people that serve you in the diner okay we've said so good <laughs> so good um next week we've got our alien results show i'm very very nervous uh-huh um th- dude the way the polling's going okay anyways next week is our alien results show um and then what movie do we have coming up after that i think it's galaxy quest Ooh, sweet i'll have to double check that it's either galaxy quest or sneakers (laughs) either way i'm so excited steven tobolowski oh sneakers yep um he's so good okay Yep. That's all we got for you t- today, folks. Join us next week for the Alien Results Show. Vote on our polls. We want to know what you think of Groundhog Day. Love it, dude. Thanks, man. That was really fun. Great up. Fun. I just like saying great up. Great up at the end of episode, just in case it wasn't. <laughs> like, no, seriously, guys, this is a great movie. Please rent it. Great episode. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Perfect Movie. Critics cheer. A podcast cheer. hosted by... <laughs> love it oh no (laughs) all right we just had 800 people uh unsubscribe all right have a great week you too bro and happy viewing